Welcome, Open Drama UK company. This is your half-hour call. We are proud to present another monthly podcast of high-quality CPD conversations, features, Q&A and discussions related to drama and theatre education, produced by people in the know. Put your headphones on, grab a cuppa and get ready. Hello and welcome to Open Drama UK's monthly podcast, Half Hour Call. I'm Carl Dunnington and I'm Head of Drama at Paul Grammar School and Dorset Champion for Open Drama UK. My guest today is Amit Lahav, the Artistic Director of Gecko Theatre Company. Founded in 2001, Gecko's latest production, Kin, was commissioned by the National Theatre and explores the themes of racism, family and migration. Having first toured in late 2022 and early 23, the show is touring again this autumn and will be performed at the National Theatre in January 2024. Kin is an incredible production, deeply moving and thought-provoking. Amit, mean, welcome to Half Hour Call. Thank you for your time. Can I ask you, what was your first childhood experience or memory of live theatre in, in any way? Mm. Hi, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think that possibly I was flooded with um, lots of different types of experiences, and uh, I'm trying to think of something specific and pertinent. I think the first thing to say is that my family is theatrical, and um, it's I think every single Christmas there was this very specific moment where. It was definitely our job to go off and make some hilarious production for all the adults. So um, we were often around my grandfather's house and uh, we would, all of the children would disappear. We'd be gone for hours and we'd come down with a production. My, my job was usually to do Shirley Bassey impersonations. And I think, I pretty, I'm sure there was some Frank Spencer in there and some... <laughs> <laughs> some attempts at some political uh, political leaders, something like that. But um, also, I you know when we go to Israel, it was it seemed to be my job to entertain all of the uncles and aunts and grandparents and to put on a show. So I was always putting on some kind of a show. Um, I remember we went to Italy on a kind of Euro camping thing with my mum. We were I was very young. Um, and I made friends with a I made friends with a French boy called Jean Paul. I remember him, and he just one day came and got me from our cabin thing, and he we went off, and he was in. I think it was Midsummer Night's Dream. It was in the middle of the forest, and I'm pretty sure he was dressed as a donkey. And I was so, I think that that was the first moment that I thought, wow, I wonder whether these are my people. I wonder whether this that I can smell something about this which is very, very alluring, very, very um, exciting. And I think I was young and probably that was the first moment that I thought, hmm, this is, I think he took me on a little tour around the back of the set and all of that. So maybe maybe it was Midsummer Night's Dream in a forest in Italy, maybe. It sounds like a, a, a beautiful uh, starting point for a, a theatrical career, I think, uh, a forest in Italy. <laughs> uh, so. From that experience, did you then want to do some drama at home, at school or youth clubs and things like that? So that's, uh, sort of, did you get the bug then? 
Well, I I mean, just to sort of jump forward a little bit first and then go back to that, it happened very, very slowly for me coming into theatre. It didn't, It it's not something that I just, I ramped up from one youth theatre to another. It didn't happen like that. It took me a very long time. In fact, after school, I ended up at business school um, doing a BTEC in business. And um, I think it was just endlessly singing and dancing in the corridors and performing. You know, someone one day just stopped me and said, why are you doing this? What, there's an audition for this. And I think um, that was the turning point, but I wasn't, I was like 18, 19, probably, I don't know, 18 or 19 by then. So it took me a long time to work out that I was a theatre person, to really work it out. Um, but going back to your question, Unfortunately, there was no there was no real serious commitment to drama in the school I went to, which was in Redbridge, Ilford, Essex. Um, there was a very it was very very sparse the drama department and the and and the introduction to that. So that would have helped the slow process probably. I didn't have much of an introduction to it, um, but because of my sort of theatrical family and being into it personally as a as a kid performing one way or another. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there was a drama club, a Sylvia Young type of thing, and that, that, those kind of things. And also my sister had joined WAC, which was Weekend Arts College in Camden. And I eventually joined in with that. And that was a real blend of performance uh, training from acting classes to jazz, um, jazz music to contemporary dance. It was everything. It was a really special place, actually. So... But even even with all of that, it still didn't uh, dawn on me that that's what I was going to do. It just seemed like this is what you do as a as a child, as a young person. You're performing, but actually, I was I was actually performing all my life. I just didn't realise it wasn't normal to do that. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're doing your your B Tech in business, and um, at what point did you suddenly realise that that quite wasn't what you wanted to do and did you have ambitions of of something within business within or you know did did you suddenly think about drama and theatre as being a career progression a, 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 an ambition at that point I don't think it really dawned on me really if I'm being honest until I walked in until I I'd gone for the audition. It was a musical. Um, it was actually quite a big production. It was in uh, the Bloomsbury Theatre. It was Hello Dolly or something. But it, regardless of what it was, it wasn't until I walked into the studio and people were in there rehearsing that I thought, oh, I, now I get it. This is me. This is what I do. This is the atmosphere that I know. This is the atmosphere I feel literate. I feel I feel very literate in this in this environment. I feel connected and um, confident. And um, I failed in all of my exams at school. And uh, I really I I struggled enormously with um, literacy based exams and things like that. So reading and writing was a, was very difficult for me. And, and probably because of that, I struggled with all subjects. Um, so um yeah as I say it wasn't until I actually got in that that space and was um rehearsing with people I thought this is me and then everything changed from that moment but until then and I you know until then I was studying business because I didn't know what else to do my mum um my mum and dad who had split up when I was a child 
uh, was, um, had very, very different interests. My dad was a businessman um, selling cars and my mum was a, an, art, an artist, a, a, a painter, a teacher, an art historian. And um, so they had really different, they span around very different circles, very different worlds. I, I suppose when I left school, I just went into business, maybe pursuing my dad's version of events at that, at that early stage. I was slow, slow to develop, slow to mature, slow to settle into who I am. And um, I think that's the key. That's a big part of it. Sometimes it takes a while for young people to fathom who they are. Some are there quickly and some, some it just takes a while. For me, it took a long time. So the theme of family from your family being uh, very close when you were younger and the theatrical performances you did at Christmas and stuff like that, and then growing up and needing to find a, a new family, you kind of started to find that new family with that Hello Dolly uh, audition. And then, uh, I mean, did you get a part in Hello Dolly from the, that audition? Yeah. Yes, so, I did. Yes. So suddenly yeah. you're in this new family um, that have embraced you, as it were, and then, yeah. so what's what what happened next? What 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 pushed you on from there? I think I I think, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't totally isolated. There was the weekend art school that that I um I was starting to do things, but it was it until that moment it was it was a hobby. It was a thing that I could do that I was good at. Um, but from that moment on, I think I auditioned for a drama school. Um, yeah, I think that's what happened next. I auditioned for a drama school. I auditioned for Rose Bruford and Rada and a, a couple of other a couple of other places. Um, and in the meantime, I started a little mime company with people from the uh, weekend art school. We started to perform on the streets. So it, I got the bug by then. The audition with Hello Dolly was was the kickstart, really. I, yeah, a little company. I joined the cockpit youth theatre um, in Hammersmith. I was just all over it then. Audition for drama school and pow, I was that 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 was the that was the turning point. Hmm. And it's interesting, you said you said something about um, you know struggling at school with literacy and writing, and then I was thinking about Gecko's work now, which is very much about communicating different ways it's not it's not a prescribed text kind of performances that gecko do so do you think there's that's a huge influence the fact that you're not you're not a, a writer in the tradition playwright in the traditional mm -hmm. sense of a playwright do you think that there's, there's some connection there um hmm. i it, i think that my my take on that is more that there's a bigger, um, there's something more profound driving the the way that I make work, um, which is to do with physicality and emotionality, expressiveness, um, humanity, and and alter also multiculturalism and multilingualism, which was also part of my upbringing. Um, I. It's always been a fascination for me. It's always been something that stimulated me. Um, and and I think I want to, I think I've always wanted to communicate with people. The idea of communicating to just one linguistically, one language in the world 
um, would I don't think that would ever be of interest for me. It, it, it was always going to be now I want to connect with everyone and, and that's everyone in the world. And um, mm. so, yeah, I, I would say the the struggles with um, li with linguistics or or, liter or or literal subjects or um, I think maybe maybe that maybe that's a facet of the bigger picture mm. facet being that I was a mimic and a mime and a, a physical young person connecting yeah. with people and with mimicry. Mm. In terms of influence then once you're in this sort of drama theatre world and you've sort of switched on to that was there any theatre productions you saw or theatre company you saw around that time perhaps before Gecko really got started that kind of influenced your practice or influenced you and what you want thought oh I want to do something like that sort of thing mm -hmm. um when I think about uh, those types of influences they're pretty um visceral um physical um experiences so i mean I, I there was a production i still don't know the name of the company there was a production which happened outside the national it was it was faust um and it was on stilts with flares and um i remember being very very taken with that because it was a huge experience i mean there were thousands of people on the bridge and around the national all watching this extraordinary experience um this you know powerful visual spectacle um but it narratively it was very powerful it was faust it was all in french so it wasn't um it wasn't about the text in that sense i remember delaguarda at the roundhouse also had a very big impact on me um which uh, was by the argentinian the, the argentinian company delaguarda that was a, that was extraordinary again it was a it was arto-esque in its kind of brutality and physicality the meaning through which you were you would slip into a kind of dream state to to fathom the, the, the what was going on there um i remember oyster uh by inbald pinto an israeli company um i saw that in colombia extraordinary powerful experience uh, which had a big impact on me um i think that street of crocodiles by complicity had was a was a was perhaps the, the the one piece that you know all the others maybe no one will know but maybe that one kind of jumps to, jumps to mind it was the one by complicity which was all feeling and atmospheric and uh, it, was, it was very poetic so those are the four that jumped that immediately jumped to mind. I, I, I've always wondered whether you know you you'd seen some complicity in your younger years and whether that had any influence on on Gecko's work. So it, it's interesting for you to say I think that it, it did, did a bit. Yeah, I think it did a bit. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it did a bit. Um, it it uh, the multilingualism that they had in that was was um, de definitely I found really I found really fascinating and the boldness of imagery a lot less so later on probably in the last 10 years perhaps but certainly that piece that mm. piece did so from that how did gecko begin you know what were your aims when you set up gecko what were you what, you know, what were your dreams uh, when it began 
Very, very, very limited. Very, very small. My dreams were make something great this Wednesday um, and then make something great on Thursday and then Thursday evening. And then we'll think about Friday <laughs> on Friday morning. Yeah. I didn't think be I didn't think beyond that. I had yeah. very, very um sort of um kind of tunnel, um absolutely obsessive focus on right this minute, make something extraordinary today. Um and so we'd go in a room, we'd work till two o'clock in the morning on a puppet, and we wouldn't stop until we were falling over. Um I wanted to play with uh, wonderful, like-minded human beings. I wanted to have fun and I wanted to work with people that were already phenomenal. I didn't want to, you know, you have to remember that I'd already worked as a performer, as a divisor and theatre maker for about eight years, maybe. So I'd already had a lot of experiences, experiences around the world, working with different companies. Um, I'd worked with Stephen Burkhoff and uh, Lindsay Kemp and David Glass and Ken Campbell, lots of dance companies. Um, so I was experienced to that degree and experienced enough to have tested out and worked with people that had already, who already had a very um, specific idea and aesthetic. So I, I think I was able to zero in on, on something that I was interested in. But I think, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say early days, it was just make something brilliant, make something phenomenal. We didn't have any money and I didn't worry about it either. And in terms of the people that you brought on board, were they just people you loved, people, your friends, people you just uh, loved working with? Yeah, they were people that I knew I could connect with. Al Najari um, was working with Mike Alfreds and he was also working with uh, David Glass. I was working with David Glass, but we were not working on the same projects. I mean, we did something that connected us properly. And I thought Al seemed like um, a really interesting, intelligent uh, human being, really playful. And um, I felt like we could just, we could just get get on with it and be serious. I think that um, attracted me to Al and Al's sensibility. Dave Price was uh, a composer and musician of phenomenal ab ability. He's still the composer that I work with now. And uh, I'd done a couple of workshops with him with Box Clever, who were, who were a really important part of my early performing years, who made theatre shows for schools. Um, and I toured a few shows with Blocks Clever. They were phenomenal. So Dave and then um, Al. Joe, um, J Joseph Trainer was in Delaguarda and I connected with him because I was I was training to be in Delaguarda. I didn't do it in the end, but I was training. I met Joe and my partner, Helen, who's associate director of Gecko. She was she was like the captain of uh, Delaguarda. So, yeah, Joe um, was just great, great performer, great person. And um and Stuart Hayes was a was a West End production manager who could make and build anything seemingly from anything. And um, I wanted immediately to fly and do very um, complicated things. And he was up for building and making everything and anything. So that was kind of and and Helen as well. And and so that and Helen Helen was a, a trained dancer, brilliant performer. So that was the kind of team. And I think with that group, I felt like we could do anything. And, they, and that, as I say, that was an experienced group of people 
top top level um, world class people mm. from the from day one. From day one, it wasn't building it up slowly. It was um, I want to get serious about this. If I'm going to turn down work, uh, professional work in the theatre, which I was prepared to do. I need to be serious about this. So I was very serious to get on with it and make something phenomenal. Yeah, because a lot of theatre companies end up being groups of friends coming out of university or something like that. But from what you're you're saying, it was lots of people who'd worked and doing all sorts of different things that you'd worked with, had quite a lot of experience, but it was like bringing them, trying to bring them all together to work on uh, something with yourself. Um, I've always wondered as well, um, with, uh, with Gecko and Ipswich, how did you... How did you end up in Ipswich? How did that happen? Um, I think I think you know the, the the thing about the people is it t- it it didn't happen overnight. I had to meet them bit by bit and have a feeling about it. I think that's an important thing to say. There's a serious goal in mind. I want to make something brilliant. I know that I need some brilliant ingredients. I think the thing about Ipswich is there's something similar about it in that. This doesn't feel like um, it's working. I have a feeling that we could be in an environment that's more conducive to what we want to do. Uh, Bristol is feeling like a huge struggle, which it was. Um, we And I felt like, uh, I suppose I thought we should be flying right now and we should be funded like any, like a, like a sort of mid-scale company. There's no one else doing, I don't think, what we're doing. Um, and so I literally just was being opportunistic. I, I, I thought about the best relationships that I had in the country with the best venues. And the New Wolsey Theatre was a really good connection, good people that loved Gecko. Um, and I think also I, I think I also did a little bit of um, work to find out that there was, um, I, I guess, appetite in the East of England for a company there was space for a company like Gecko. So I was being very strategic and I thought this could really work. And when I got the nod from various sources, including the Arts Council, I didn't even hesitate. We just moved. Wow. So it was almost like you saw you saw a space. So there was a little bit away from everyone else where you weren't necessarily, you know, cheek by jowl with, with other theatre companies. There was an opportunity for funding and space. And, and, and that made sense to you rather than trying to compete with everyone else in London or Bristol or, or wherever. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just the noise. I don't think there, I don't think we had much competition in terms of physical, dynamic, athletic, uh, physical theatre. But it was it sometimes those places like Bristol, it's a, it can be a bit of a mess, you know, hmm. to actually get through to people and talk to people. So I think it was a clearing, uh, you know, of course it's, it's, it's competitive, but it is, it made sense. It seemed like the conversation was straightforward and that's what I wanted. I want a straightforward conversation about funding and I'd like to begin that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you found a real sort of spiritual home in Ipswich for, for Gecko yeah. now. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Having seen a number of uh, Gecko productions, I would say that one of the most prevalent themes that uh, you've been exploring over the last uh, five or six years, I think, is is immigration. And um, why is that? Uh, I'm, I um, I think the first thing to say is that I try to open myself up to what I feel 
I'm drawn to, what I feel is important, what I feel I'm stimulated by, deeply stimulated by. Um, you know, my I'm an immigrant. My family is full of immigrants. Um, it's it's part of it's part of my life, and it's something that can suddenly touch you, and did touch me, in a very a kind of personal to the point way. When I make something, it has to be personal, um, and you know, it, it, I, I everything I make, I think, is deeply personal. I want. I know that it's going to be with me for a very long time. I mean, I would say Institute was with me for ten years. Like whether that was part of making it, touring it, touring it around the world. Same with Missing. Same. Same with all the shows. So it's going to be with me a long time. Um, so yeah, I think that's the first thing is that it it felt very very powerfully. I, you know, that's 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 a kind of logical way to answer your question. It's like it's important. Um, I don't, I, I, I give myself a year to work out what it is I'm going to work on. And it's almost like, it's almost like, um, it strikes the core of me enough times in that year for me to go, yeah, this is what I need to be talking about. This is what I need to be connecting with. Um, I'm feeling this, you know, very strongly. I also, I want to be in a room with people from different parts of the world. I want to be in the room smothered by different languages and different cultures. And um, that is, uh, that's not just, you know, that's not just a nice texture for the work that is fundamental to the work. I'm, I'm, I want to spend time with, with um, people in the room. Yeah. That have had different, different experiences, different training. So if you're in a room with immigrants now and you're you you yourself are an immigrant, your family are immigrants, it's gonna at some point it's gonna become a powerful prevalent thing. When you when you smash that into Brexit and um and all of the stuff that that is going on in this country, it's gonna rise up, you know, it's gonna come. And I think I started to make the wedding before Brexit actually, and before Brexit was even spoken about. So the wedding is not a response to Brexit, it happened before Brexit. Um, but I do remember we opened the show the same day as the vote or something like that, or the or the announcement, I don't know, it seemed pretty wild. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing is that I've, I've, you know, I'm at the age where you want to ask a bit deeper questions about who you are and where you come from. And, and uh, I've put time into speaking to older family members and I've traveled to Israel to speak to my grandmother and um, before she passed away and to ask her about her walk across Yemen to escape persecution, to get to a safer place. Um, I wanted to know about that and to talk to my, think about my grandmother's journey out of Poland as a Jew um, to get to the UK. These are these stories are are without them, I don't exist and and Gecko doesn't exist. So they're important stories. One of the wonderful things that you do when you have productions is you have the most unique Q and A's that I've ever been to. You know, normally with Q and A's, it's uh, okay. Well, we ask you questions and you tell us all about you know, all the wonderful things you've done with the production, but your Q&As are, you run the Q&A and the, the questions are from you and the answers are from the audience. Can, could you talk a little bit more about why that is for you? I think that, um, 
I think that it, there's a few there's a few things about it. One is that um, it's the most fun. <laughs> it's the most fun thing for me because um, in a way we've done our bit. We've done our we've 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 told our story. We've done our bit. The idea that we don't then get to find out uh, what happened inside you as an audience is a real opportunity missed, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Um, it's not about what bit did you like, um, what bit didn't you like. Um, let, uh, you know what? Uh, let's talk about the devices we used. It isn't really. I'm not so interested in that. I'm really interested to know to meet you as an audience member. That to me is the truest thing I can do because. The, the shows are a mirror. They they ask, they are they they're asking for your reflection, and um, I want to know what happened, what bounced back, and who who are we looking at now in the audience? I want to know where did you go, what happened to you in there. So I think it took I think it took me a while to work out how to ask that question of the audience and how to get there. I think I'm getting better at it. Um, definitely, and in kin, I think through the wedding, I think. I, I got better and better at asking that question. I think now I'm 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 getting better at asking it. Um, I suppose the other issue is that you just tend to get very generic questions from an audience, and those questions are available on the website. You can go. Yeah. We've got those questions. We can yeah. we can that that can be had through the website. So yeah. I, I suppose it just leaves you thinking, what's the point of this bit? Mm. And I, mean, I want it to be meaningful. That's yeah, right. absolutely. And I think you 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 set something now, which I think now when people come next time I come and see a, a gecko show, I'll be expecting not the Q and A and the. But I'll be wanting. Oh, it's my chance now to give my feedback. You know, my chance yeah. now to say how I felt about certain things. And I mean, I saw Kin in January in Paul, and I know it's going out on tour again this autumn. How different is the show going to be this autumn? than what I saw in Paul? It's going to be different. Um, how different? 9%. 9%, <laughs> yeah. All no, statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think even, even by the end of that tour, so you saw it in Paul, um, it ended up at Norwich. By the time it got to Norwich, it was quite different from Paul, I would say. Um, this is the sort of the creation tour part of making a show. It's the fourth year of a four-year production to make a gecko show. When I make a show, that fourth year is a really important writing year. So you saw it during that writing process. and. Um, I I um, count all of the venues in this year, 2023, as part of that writing process. I feel totally at liberty to change any part of the show, any part of the design, any choreography, any scene, any order, any music. Um, I change it because I'm trying to find the show. I'm still I'm still working at that, and I feel like like I'm in uh, writer mode. Yeah. How much? Have you been influenced by audience feedback that you've had in those audience sessions? Well, that's difficult to say. I don't. I, the, Is it more holistic? The, Is it more kind of like? Yeah, yeah. it's more about feeling. It's more about feeling. Mm. I think. I think I can sense. 
it's like you need to hear a hundred a hundred people talk before you start to get a kind of um a sense or a feeling about certain things that are landing or maybe certain things that aren't landing that you thought might and uh so it's not about specific things because everyone's uh, experience is so individual in terms of um kin when you started working on kin did you know that the end point would be going to the national did that did that change your plan or did that did you feel extra pressure because of the fact that it was going to the it is going to the national how I mean, how and how did the uh, collaboration with the national uh, come about a long courting process in uh, i would say very long because i was talking it's all it's all to do with a relationship with rufus and um that relationship began when i met him when he came to see institute i think at the royal opera house and i met him around about then that's a long time ago probably 15 round about 15 i would say and he was was he courting you or are you courting him or was it a bit of both or more him i think it was a bit of both i think he was definitely a fan of the work he'd also already seen missing and um so He'd already was a fan of, of the work, that's for sure. But anyway, that's where it started. He came to see the shows and, uh, and, and, he, and he certainly was a fan. Um, and we had a fire at BAC. We lost the entire set um, when, when everything went up in smoke. The National were very supportive when we lost everything. They helped us rebuild the set, um, which was incredible. And I think... I think that helped to bring us a little bit closer together. And then we started talking about the, the wedding. We didn't, it didn't quite work to get um, properly, uh, to get a commission and get properly connected with the wedding. But then we just immediately got on to the next thing and that was going to be kin. And I spoke about it. I didn't really know what it was going to be, but he seemed keen. And then it was a, a couple of years of just talking and meeting. And I think, you know, I think Rufus might have been, he was a fan, but he would have been a bit nervous. How does this, where does this sit at the National? Does it work? And I think I was also a little bit concerned about that, thinking, does it fit at the National? Is this not, you know, it seems to work very well at the Barbican, at the main house at the Barbican, and that works. And like, Is it going to work at the National? Um, so I think, I, think it was a, I think genuinely it was a little bit of a shared concern. But in the end, I actually just flipped it on Rufus and I said, look, it's going to be packed. We're on the national curriculum. Students will be there. We packed out the Barbican. People came from everywhere to see it. It being packed is not really the issue. The issue is just about us connecting and you feeling mm. confident. And I think that was really, that sealed it, I think. You know, mm -hmm. he commissioned the work. And in commissioning the work, of course, as in putting financial backing to it, um, you know, there's an obvious desire to to then program the work in the space and it just took a while because that conversation happened before covid and so there was a there was this kind of two-year uh rocky period you know where we was like what's going to happen but um we got through that do you know what space you're going to be in the national uh yes we're going to be in the littleton Littleton. right fantastic so Will the show still be a bit more different from, say, one the one you do this autumn? Would it still be a bit different when it gets to the national? Do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, usually, I mean that that I'm, I'm saying that with twenty, twenty one years, twenty two years experience of 
of making gecko shows it always in these early stages it changes and um even if i don't know in this conversation exactly what's going to change i mean i have my changes planned at this stage for the autumn Mm. Um, one of the biggest changes, I have to say, is that I will be in the show this autumn. Oh, right. You've cast um, yourself. Is, yeah, I've cast myself, um, which is quite a big change. It's really, really exciting, actually, because sometimes um, it's a lovely thing to go into a show that I didn't make from the inside. Mm. Um, it actually gives me an opportunity to be a sort of mechanic from the inside and understand the workings of it in a different way. So it's 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 a really it's kind of luxury actually it's a luxurious position to be in. So, I mean, commercially, I think the great thing about Gecko is, like you said, I can go and see it in Paul in January earlier this year. I could go and see it Brighton. You know, I think it's in October, November. I can go and see it Brighton, and I'm going to see a different show. And then I could go to see it at the National in, in January, and I might see a, a slightly different show again. And I think one of the things that my myself, my colleagues, my students, we do like about Gecko is that, and we talk a lot of this with our devising work, is that, mm. you know, a show never really ends, even when it no. does end. You know, you've taken shows that you've stopped doing and then come back to two or three years later and and, and changed. You, so, mm-hmm. you know, when the, when these students are creating their devised work and they are, they've been asked to evaluate and analyse the piece um, and they're sort of saying, well, what would you do? They always ask this question, what would you do with this piece if you had another four weeks of rehearsal? You know, if you were going to do mm-hmm. it again in four weeks, what would you do? So those are the really mm-hmm. interesting conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any dreams ambitions for gecko any anything you want to do do you want to do something a bit different do you want to do something you know you know change well, up again I mean, I've, yeah i don't know what there are a lot of things on the um there are a lot of things on the on the burner as it were a lot of things on the hob um I don't know what the ninth, if this is the eighth show, which I think it is, I don't know what the ninth show is. I don't know what the starting point is. I would never at this stage, like in year four, know what the next show would be. I'm I'm not in that mindset at all, so I wouldn't know that. But I have written a feature film, a gecko feature film, which um, that's a possibility. Maybe um, I I really, really love the film and I think it could be, I think it could be really special. So... That's definitely a possibility. Having made Institute into a film and written it as a screenplay and and worked on that, I really have a taste for it. And I feel like um, this film that I've written could, that could be a thing. Um, So is the film based on previous work or is it something completely completely new? Yeah, it's completely new. Yeah, it's completely new. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that, coldly the themes of it are very much to do with um um the destruction of the natural world i guess is you could say but it's um kind of about a girl and uh a tree and um but it's yeah and in terms of kin will, will the national theater run sort of be the end of the road for kin for the time being you think i, I mean n- no it won't be the end of the road it will tour and um i I would think that it will tour for many years. Um, but yeah, so, but we're not, um, yeah, we, we, right now, we're basically looking at where it goes next, I suppose, you know, where, where, where does the tour go next? Is it a bit more UK stuff or do we imme- immediately look, we are talking to international um, venues and festivals. So it yeah. could be that the next international touring. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, 
I mean, thank you ever so much for all your time today. And lots of uh, interesting um, experiences and taking you to where you, you are today and exciting plans for the future in terms of work at the National and uh, films. And, and the things. building, the building. We are building the Gecko Creation Space. That's all completely agreed now. Um, and it will be built from the ground up. So it doesn't exist at the moment. Um, and it will, it's it's kind of where I've been heading to dreaming about for so long, about let's say 15 years, I've been thinking what, what it would be to have my own creation space where I can light, design, make, make a mess, build something up and it be a full structure, a full theatre um, production mm. in its own space, not a venue, just for making. Mm. it's all happening and it will yeah it will be it, it will be about two years from from this point but ah oh, that's a big thing very very yeah. big for us if you've enjoyed this month's episode as much as we hope you would and you're in a position to do so please support our podcast fire buy me a coffee go to www buymeacoffee.com forward slash half hour call to donate. We want to, apart from make our own work and allow other companies to come and use it mm. because there aren't many, there won't be many spaces like it. Mm. Um, it also be, will be a place where we can run residences and workshops. Well, that's really exciting. Amy, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, all the very best um, with future plans for uh, Gecko and um, wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot.